Yo, welcome everyone to Ashes Pathfinders episode 78, where I'm joined today by returning companions here on the show, or Pathfinders as we call them. Faisal, welcome back. I'm oh, sorry, Faisal, gotta get this right. Oh my god, he said it right. <laughs> no, I try sometimes. What's up, guys? <laughs> and uh, Mackie, welcome back, buddy. Hello. Joined by Pacha as well. Welcome back. Hell yeah. Hello, everyone. It's good to be here. <laughs> and we got Wondering Mist. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome to everyone in chat, man. You guys are kind of, this place is kind of lit today, starting things off, but not complaining. We've got a whole lot on the uh, agenda today. I actually made the choice this past week. I was like, you know what? If if part of what we're going to do here on the Pathfinder show is to actually go and and take as much of the community's like questions and feedback and things like that. If we really want to tie that in, then let me hit as many places as I can possibly think of to see uh, who wants to contribute, right? So we we have the number again. You guys can call in and leave messages for. Uh, it could be like comments about the show. It could be like you know, kudos, whatever. You could you could call in to like ask a question. Um, we haven't got anybody yet. I mean, you know, I'm kind of guessing people are a little shy. It's all right. I get it. Eventually, some of you will. No pressure either way. But if you do want to use it, you can. And it's one five three nine six six four six eight zero one. You can also uh, literally leave a comment on the the YouTube video. You can um, leave it on. Uh, you can drop into the Discord here. You can uh, you know kind of like at me or any of the other Pathfinders that are on the show. Make sure you kind of bring the point up. We'll definitely bring it up on the show. Um, but we hit up Reddit this uh, past week. Uh, really, it was yesterday. I was like, you know what? Let's get throw this question on there. See if people have some questions regarding gameplay or uh, or combat mechanics or just game mechanics in general. Right. And uh, got a lot more comments than I was expecting. Uh, and between that and uh, the YouTube video, we've got quite a few things to tie into the topics on the agenda for today. Of course, if you're here, you can always like, you know, hit us up and chat. Make sure you at me if you don't want me to miss it um, or any of the other guys to miss it. And uh yeah, it's been a it's been a great week. Um, it's been a busy week for me, but uh, we are moving along nicely. There was a dev discussion number nineteen uh, on dungeon scaling, and that really ties in really really well with the the topics for the show today. So the question, right, on dungeon scaling, the question that the developers ask on the official forums, y'all can check out, which I'll be linking here in chat right now. Uh, the question is this. Should open world dungeons scale up in difficulty significantly as you go deeper, for example, 30 to 50, or should the difficulty band of a given dungeon be more narrow from top to bottom, for example, level 45 to 50? What, what do you guys think? What are some of your thoughts around dungeon scaling? Well, don't all jump in at once, guys. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, I'll, I'll reiterate what I put as my answer to that particular question. I consider it a good thing. However, the one thing that I would like to see if they did implement larger uh, level brackets, say 10 to 15 levels, is, and particularly if they have like a um, descending, or, or let's call it a tower system, where you go up and the higher up in the levels, the, the harder the mobs get. I'd like to see some kind of teleportation system, fast travel inside the dungeon itself, because um, 
there's nothing worse than going through like trudging through a whole bunch of levels that you have already cleared and is far below your <laughs> level in order to get to the really to the stuff that is actually meaningful to you plus it means that if you've got the high level players constantly going through the uh the low levels of the dungeon there's going to be nothing left for the newbies that come in so i think some kind of teleportation system or fast travel inside the dungeon would help if they did do with uh wider level brackets yeah i feel the exact same way i feel like if they're not going to be doing this kind of a fast travel or easy way to get into the appropriate level part of the dungeon it should be kind of like a more narrow top to bottom so like five levels but if they're going to go for like the 20 level range like they're going from like uh the start of the dungeon is level 30 and the very last boss of the dungeon is level 50 in that case either you give us like fast travel or you give us different entrances that correspond to different checkpoints in the dungeon for different level brackets uh reason being the same as mist if i spend like an hour and a half doing the level 30 to 35 part for example and when i get to level 40 i don't want to do the level the 30 to 35 part if i'm at level 40 and i've done it already like four times i want to get in the level 40 part now i don't want to waste and it's it's again you're you're going to see that it's kind of like a revolving topic around me that uh, that i bring is the lack of time we don't necessarily have eight hours every day to play and i don't want to waste a minute going through content that i've done already and that i don't need or don't want to do so if i can get into the level 40 part of the dungeon immediately i'll i'd rather do that or else i'm never going to do it because i don't have time to go through the level 30 to 40 part hmm. are we talking about um just instance dungeons or open world, open world. Open world. yeah okay. open world i think ones. i missed that part yeah no problem. <laughs> yeah that would be um that'd be very um convenient for people mm -hmm. who already mm. been going through the dungeons both what uh pacha and mist hit mm -hmm. on um and also for the lower level players too because no one wants to get steamrolled by a higher level who's trying to get to their their teleporter or to their spot that yeah. they were before so um yeah, I think that would be um I think that'd be a really, really good system to have where you just kind of just click something and you're already where you were before or somewhere close to it. Um so you can skip all those unnecessary deaths. Yeah, you know, whenever I was reading through that or initially talking about scaling, it almost kind of reminded me of the abyss. And for those of you who can see this, this is uh the Elder Scrolls Blades, and that's what actually came to mind. I had to remember the name of it. I don't play it that much anymore. They have the abyss and it, uh, the abyss essentially is just what it sounds like. It just keeps on going and it has progressively like each level you go further into the abyss, like the more difficult each level is. Um, and you can go back and you can like do any of those. You can also like enter into it at any place you like. But yeah, it was kind of like what I thought about when I saw that. It sounds great in theory, but, you know, to to like manage that for for players, it seems like it would be difficult. Um, I'm I'm kind of old school. I like the traditional, traditional dungeon systems of like just your normal, just your your like heroic maybe difficulty. I'm not a big fan of like so many different tiers of difficulty for content. Like 
for example, World of Warcraft with, hey, let's do Raid Finder. Let's do normal. Let's do heroic. Hey, well, let's do mythic. I'm like, can we just can we just simplify that? Because the other yeah. problem you end up having with that, and this is not an open world situation, but you do have the situation where like you come into uh, you kind of out gear some of the like earlier tiers of the difficulty level. And it almost seems like it kind of becomes irrelevant. I would kind of worry about something like that happening too for the overall dungeon experience like you kind of make certain parts irrelevant if you if you kind of like are jumping around too much but uh let's see we got a ton of comments i'm actually hit up um some of the comments from the last youtube video okay um that ended up being chained off of one person's comment but <clears throat> there was somebody on there uh and will and will was their name I'm not gonna knock on will here i'm just gonna kind of point out a a, a particular piece i think is important um said so am i the only one who thinks the game will be boring because of its terrible skill core damn it seems everyone just looks at graphics and combat style we don't um sorry and don't see that there is zero synergy zero combination between classes skills and that's flat here's like my my point on that right it's still pre-alpha so this kind of goes back to that point of like can you really take everything we've talked about this a lot right can you take everything at face value and then pass a judgment as if it's a finished product in pre-alpha? It seems like, I mean, it happens all the time, right? <laughs> but, you know, you're going to have a, yeah, the answer is pre-alpha, which is pretty much what I said. Uh, There's also kind of talking from Scotty on, on there about the idea around uh, class synergy and balancing. Um, Kind of had some ideas about range, close melee, uh, cleric classes, like, and looking at, uh basically what their the conversation was around is this uh some classes you could see playing a little bit more of like tab target some classes maybe you could see being more of action combat and how do you balance between all the classes the mechanics for what's going to work different for tab target versus action combat and so i think this is going to be a big point of discussion for us today because we did talk about it last time right so where do you all see some of the difficulties around that? What current iteration we experienced so far, if it made it into game as it currently stands, where there's just that you hit a button and you toggle between tab and action. Um, do you see there being difficult decisions and balancing between the different classes? But that was for the tab, tab targeting <laughs> and action combat. Sim? Sorry, what? Yeah, I, I'm here. What was the was that a question or a statement? Yeah. Uh, um. Well, what, like, do you mean the different classes, like ranger, yeah. tank, mm-hmm. or do you mean action combat and tap targeting? So basically, the 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 point that I'm getting from this is the idea of range classes, like the ranger class and mage class, being just purely aiming in action combat until you get within a certain range of the enemy. Then it gives you a soft aim assist. See where we're going with this? Talk about adding a lot of different layers to uh, the different classes, right? So like the main question is like, where do you see there being a difficulty in balancing the toggle ability between action and tab target when you think about all of the variety of classes that they're going to be in terms of like class combos? I, I only would say there would be a difficulty in um, the classes who use who are using their um, magic abilities more, yeah, only right. because we've seen how how fast 
uh, mana is depleted compared mm -hmm. to those who are using weapons um, or melee. <clears throat> so I want to see if, how that imbalance is going to um, balance itself out. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that's one of my big points too, I think, is getting on how you're going to deal with resource management. Right, right, right. Yeah. Remind me of I feel like it's not going to be necessarily that hard to balance, except for like some some things like resource pools and such. Um, balancing when it comes to action versus tab, the most difficult thing will to me that I believe will be will be probably ranged versus melee. If you're going action combat and you're melee, it's easy he's right in front of you yeah like mm -hmm. just roll your face on your keyboard and if you don't kill him at least you're gonna hit him a few times but a rain especially a ranger that like you're not throwing a meteor from the sky you're shooting an arrow if you're action combat either they need to make rangers incredibly powerful in pvp in terms of the damage they do well in pv and pve as well in terms of damage they do just because uh they need to actually aim to hit and once they hit and usually a melee character would have had time to hit someone like five times but then again that's going to bring another issue if a, if a ranger just comes to your face and rolls his yeah. face on the keyboard he's going to shoot arrows right on you and he's he would be then too powerful then so that would be the issue that's because they're going with, I know they're trying to make a hybrid, but they're going with two kind of, they're going, they're going to make a hybrid from two completely different systems that work in two completely different play styles. Mm. And that's the most difficult part, especially when you have so many classes that work in so many different ways. Summoners will not necessarily always like always move and always think about the skills that they want to shoot. It's their pets that are going to actually do a lot of the fighting from what I understand. And these pets are not going to be action combat. They're going to be locked on you. So mm -hmm. should the pets do less damage just because they can't really miss? Like it's a difficult thing to balance for mm -hmm. sure. Then think about like with the Hunter and WoW or any other game where you have like a you get like these little a little mini bar kind of for like that the pet itself. Yeah, exactly. And then you have like the responsibility. So then maybe like their auto attack damage is like pretty minimal. Like it's extremely supplemental, right? It doesn't really carry a whole lot of weight. But then it gets into you having to actually manage the the key binds or or whatever. Mm -hmm. However you're playing the using the um the the um uh pet UI or the pet action bar system. Yeah. I feel like that's like always a really good way to go, though, because then you're not just managing yourself. You're actually managing your pet. So then the yeah. skill comes into are you able to manage your pet and your own set of skills and synergize that like, well. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be very hard decisions just for the fact mm. are they going to treat it as an FPS? Is good. it going to be hit yeah. scan? Is it going to be projectile? We've tested that in the BR. True. Hit scan. We were able to eliminate like half to uh, like to to most of the uh, server population. But one game, one person is able to do that, and I witnessed it multiple times. Yeah. 
So, um, when it but comes is that to balancing, a gameplay issue, or is that just a matter of balancing the numbers? I think it's a matter of balancing the numbers. And yeah. we got a comment here in chat from Diva Panda saying, playing Archer in that terrible BR for Ash's creation, like you would get dashed up on some melee character, you would get massacred. Yeah. Uh, that's absolutely mm-hmm. true. Though there's one thing, like there there are some things like the the longbow that what that was a projectile instead of um instead of a hit scan. Hit scan yep. I it, like I had that moment, like I had, I think it, it was like a 32-inch monitor, and I was playing, and I see this guy, even with this like high res, this guy is like the size of a pixel on my screen. I'm just like taking my time, moving my <laughs> aim like all the way there to like just shoot him from across the map. And I hit him and he was down one shot because of a yeah. uh, because of a headshot. Yeah. And that was so satisfying. It was so good. And I know that if he had been near me with a halberd dashing uh-huh. at me, I would have I would have pissed myself and I would have been <laughs> I would have been dead in less than five seconds. It's like it was kind of balanced in that way that the longbow, the point of the longbow is to hit you from afar. But, but here, here's the thing. I would completely agree with you, but when yeah. I saw people using the short ball hit scan, hit scan should not they be. They were untouchable. They're literally untouchable. <laughs> you would take it's, any other route. assault rifle. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're legit. You have a sword and you're legit fighting someone with an M14. Like there's, <laughs> there's no challenge here. Like I was just. Uh, I think I was fighting. It wasn't. It wasn't Jalan that I was fighting. I think it was. Um, it might have been it might have been Jalan, but I remember some I was fighting some uh, content creator and they were using the shortboard. And I just remember like trying to dash at them. And like he just looks at me with the shortboard, so <laughs> like a mini gun in my face, and I just immediately face planted and died. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like no matter it's- if you move and you try to dodge, it's hit scan. So like if he keeps his mouth, if he tracks you with his mouth, you're you're dead, dude. That's why I carried a, uh, a potion launcher with me. Yeah, it's incredible this thing. Um, just looking at if we just mm-hmm. take out the tab target for a moment and just look at the action combat side yeah. and compare it to an FPS, mm-hmm. there's always going to be a natural imbalance between ranged and melee. Mm-hmm. Uh, ranged obviously has the advantage, hands down, always has the advantage there. If you look mm. at FPS games, for example, uh, Call of Duty or Counter-Strike, in fact, uh, what those games will usually have like a knife as their sole melee weapon. Mm-hmm. Mm. And because it's so hard to use, the way they balance it is they make the melee weapon basically a one-hit kill. If you yeah. manage to close the gap with somebody and you get your knife stab on them, they will die instantly. Whereas a gun will take, depending on the weapon, four or five hits. So, and that's how they balance it. Uh, I, I wonder if they'll try and do a similar thing with Ashes. Obviously, it's more complicated because you've got uh, things like gap closes and, and crowd control that you don't usually have in an FPS game. Microsoft mm. Overwatch. Yeah, what is the Microsoft Overwatch? <laughs> For those watching on YouTube, there's a comment on chat here that's talking about the topic we're talking about here. And they say that there's that Microsoft Overwatch that does it like they, that, I believe. They do the punch. Is it, is it uh, yeah, wait, I think I think so. not the game. 
They're able to punch or like push them back or something. Yeah. Like every character has something like that. With some kind of like a knockback. Yeah. yeah. Like it's an offhand ability. Bleeding edge. Oh, that's uh, Amazon. Yeah. That's yeah. an Amazon Studios uh, title. Yeah. No, no, that's not no, Amazon. No, 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 no. That's Crucible. That's Amazon. Bleeding Edge is Microsoft. Yeah. Sure. All right. All right. So here's another one. So this is an interesting like, one. Like, I just, I just want to raise one more issue: is mm-hmm. when it comes to the action combat, how are you going to treat hitbox? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Because is everyone is every race going to have the same hitbox, or not is only that, have- and not only that, then you have the cosmetics issues. Uh, exactly. In Overwatch, for example, uh, people like um, the best example I got is actually in Apex Legends. You got Blood Hunt, uh, Bloodhound that has wow. like this gigantic hat. Yep. If you hit one of the bells on the hat, it counts as a headshot. So basically, their hitbox for their head is like Cute. this. Yeah. It's <laughs> huge. It's just, yeah. it's just crazy. So like, if we're going action combat route. Everyone should have the same hitbox size, but then a dwarf, if you sweep above their head, it would still count because they need to be the same hitbox as a mm. as a Kalar. Mm. I, I would hope mess. they would have the uh, the same, not the same hitbox, but close to it. Yeah, only because it, it the imbalance. Like Terra suffered from that for the longest time, mm. where everyone was Ellen. The Ellen race, the little lolly race, because wow. they could just run around, make themselves as small as possible, mm-hmm. and no one could hit them. And every time they jumped, their hitbox would get, you know, mm-hmm. disappear, so no one could hit them. Yeah. They just hop around, heal, hop I around. I mean, it heel, is an around. issue. Honestly, like, it would be necessary for everyone to have the same sized hitbox, no matter the race size or whatever. Because there are a lot of these games, like, people will make small characters just for that, or when... Even have just one race you can choose from. Everyone will always make a female character because their body is slightly like it's thinner, slightly it's smaller. Slimmer. Exactly. So like the hitbox have like a two percent chance to get like a less chance to get a hit, which is ridiculous. That's why like everyone mm-hmm. should have the same hitbox size. But then you're gonna have people who are gonna say, "Oh my god, it breaks my immersion." Right. Because a dwarf can get a can get a hit just as just as much as a as a Kyvek orc. You you can't have the cake and eat it too. Like True. you've got to. Like, yeah. There's you're never gonna perfectly balance gameplay and immersion. Like it just does not work. You have to compromise somewhere, and I'd rather compromise on immersion than on gameplay. But For at the me, same time, how dare you? How dare at you? The same time, that, is a, <laughs> that is a good point brought up in chat again. They can, they could do like in mm-hmm. Apex Legends, and yeah. one, when you're making your character, it's like let's say you push that like your slider all the way up. Yeah, it gives you a warning or gives you a tick in it that says past that, you take five percent less damage, but your hitbox is larger. Right. And when you're smaller, you take five percent more damage, but your hitbox is smaller. Well, what I like about that is it's more realistic. To I feel like that would work. And, and it's a pretty fair. The thing is, is you choose, you make a lot of choices around character creation, right? Min maxers are going to choose, like myself. I'm going to choose a character that's that's going to be the best fit for what I'm planning on on playing, right? Like if if the race, like sometimes I sometimes I you know na- navigate away from that, but more often than not, if there's if there's a specific 
set of uh, numbers that I'm going to get from playing this race or, you know, uh, this class. And it's like just a no brainer to take it. I'm going to go with it. But like there's a risk reward scenario that ties into that, too, because and that's kind of a key pillar here of Ashes of Creation. They keep come back to all the time. Right. Risk versus reward. Mm -hmm. So it would fit the archetype of risk versus reward. It'll fit the yeah. archetype of realism and immersion, right? And it and a player choice. Their philosoph yeah, their yeah. philosophy. Yeah. I like it. I feel it. like that would work. I think it's a good idea uh, to have that that thing that the the ticks in the in the sliders for your customization saying, listen, you're a bigger character, you take less less damage. And then you would see, like you said, like you would see tanks. That would make larger characters and it kind of then you kind of as miss said it's the opposite this time you get the cake and you get to eat it too in that that sense because like yeah. their immersion is there they got a big tanky dude and it's it fits it's realistic in the context and they take less mm -hmm. damage but in pvp they're gonna like every projectile is gonna hit them because they're that big thing mm -hmm. is you're always gonna have people who will argue about the numbers involved Damn. like all there'll be people like oh you should buff the the damage reduction or the or the damage taken and alter things there's there's going to be a constant back and forth and i've mentioned this in the past and i'll mention it again every time you add a new gameplay option or yeah. a new factor it makes the balance harder mm -hmm. add too many and it makes balance impossible so mm -hmm keep that in mind particularly True. when we're dealing with that uh action combat i'm gonna go ahead and read these out out loud i know to people listening to the podcast later this isn't gonna fit as well for y'all but so be it so i'm gonna give a shout out to woodship for all those gifted subs thank you so much also to heather for a gifted sub earlier tl for the bits thank you so much um i'm gonna read some comments off of here before we dig into some of the gameplay uh kind of session discussion questions right um or discussion points rather and some of these are going to tie into them um erod uh, 235 on reddit said do you think the npc moves should show an effect on the ground to allow players the ability to see and move out of the range currently you have um to look at animations to dodge is that enough visual effect for players reference point here if you know anything about the elder scrolls online then um holy hell people in chat <laughs> <laughs> thank you for five gifted subs holy hell y'all thank you so much seriously holy <laughs> trying to take over the, <laughs> trying to take over the show by donating um but the, when i think of a rod's statement uh what i think about is the uh like aoe indicators right a lot of games have it the Elder scrolls online is one that i currently play that does this you can change the color of it. you can set it to pink purple orange red whatever and you know if there's an aoe effect um on the ground you'll see this big circle like for example if i'm going to do an arrow spray you might see a cone effect if i'm doing an arrow barrage sort of thing you might see that you might um see like uh cleave animations or something like coming up you might see that in the character uh i don't know that i i think that there should be uh necessarily an effect on the ground for everything but i think things that are maybe being cast or you you know because like if they're welling back you're gonna see it i don't know if you need to see the cone i don't know if you need to see the aoe i think if you have either an indicator on the ground or you have like the animation that could be you know, seeing either one of those work for me, because then you're just talking about uh, players having situational awareness, either to visual effects or to the animation. So what do you, where do you all stand on that? 
if it's color, if there's an indicator, if there's not an indicator, DPS are going to stand in it anyway. <laughs> I mean, yes, no matter the color, it doesn't matter. They it. might as well just be blind because they're just doing whatever they want to do anyway. I mean, DPS players are, are Marines. Like, they eat crayons all day. Like, that's what they do. <laughs> Like that's then, just, yeah. that's just what it is in the MMO scene for sure. Yeah, yeah. You say Marines? Back. <laughs> Did you say Marines? Was that about Marines? Marines. Marines? All right, I was Army. We're cool. All right, continue. <laughs> um, so when when we're talking about that kind of thing, one thing we need to keep in mind is the visual clutter. Um, there are some games, and I think the worst offender I've seen in recent years is Guild Wars Two. You go into raids in that game, that's you disgusting. literally cannot see anything. And it's impossible to tell what's going on just because the amount of effects that are going on. Plus, you've got the like the they have same as Zelda Scrolls where you've got the targeting like reticles to dodge and stuff. I would much prefer uh, to have less uh, like blatant indicators like that and more visual cues based on animations. I think it works for I mean, anyone who's played Dark Souls knows it works very well in that game. Um, whether it will work as well in a grouped PVE environment is another matter. I don't know if it will work as well, but it's it's definitely something I'd like games uh, MMORPGs to explore more. I could and definitely MMOs see used to do that. Yeah, they did. Did they? <laughs> like, I remember World of Warcraft back in the days in like Burning Crusade and in Classic uh, telegraphs. Like they weren't really a thing. Like you saw well, from never the anim- No, exactly. You saw from the animation itself that you were about to die. You saw the boss like loading a nuclear bomb in like above his head, and you were like, "Well, we need to deal with that puzzle in the fight room to undo it, or it's the it's the burn phase, or stuff like that." It was all based on animations. Or on like a, you would see the boss, like the boss's armor decaying, for example. So you knew it was that time when you knew that at the fifth phase of the ads, you had to do this. It wasn't always mm. telegraphs. And Guild Wars, kind of like uh, from, I've never played it, but kind of like uh, from videos from Final Fantasy that I've never played. I've played Guild Wars though. And mm-hmm. in Guild Wars Heart of Fire, they decided to really embrace the telegraph idea. Yes. And like in one of the fights, it's like the, the telegraph is legit a piece of art. And you're like, well, where do I stand? Like there's this one dot that I can stand here in the map and like I have to move with it as the boss rotates. And it's just boring. That's not a mechanic. It's cool looking, but it's boring. Like give me something to do to interrupt. Give me something to do other than not standing in the fire mm-hmm. if you're That's an organized of... <clears throat> sorry go ahead no no go, no 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 you go ahead i was done if you are if you're an organized group or guild i can see how not having the um the indicators like the actual visual mm-hmm. indicators would be uh kind of cool because you, you guys can coordinate oh yeah when he does this or whatever you can do your dps but i, I could see how the pugs and the solo players would automatically start an uprise because there's no visual indicators and they're just getting wiped left and right. And mm. So then it goes back to, do we cater to 
the casual player or do we cater to the hardcore players? Yeah, and where's the balance too? Like, where do you where do you set the balance? Because you know, think I was also thinking about what what you know Faisal said earlier about uh, the hitbox situation. That's actually something that they they really have. I'm not going to say that they haven't really given a, us a clear uh, understanding of where they stand on it, but it's definitely something that they're just not. It doesn't seem that they're sure about it from my perspective yet, because there were conversations about we're going to do hitboxes, and they talked mm-hmm. about how the hitboxes are going to work. And then you saw progressively as we did go through APOC, and they did test some of those mechanics that they were like, you know, I remember specifically one point on one of the their live streams where they actually said, you know, we're we're working on this system between this hybridization and if for some reason it doesn't work out you might see something far more leaning towards tab targeting so you know when you think about like the casual player and the hardcore um yeah i think that's something you have to take into consideration too right if the mechanics are going to be uh if the gameplay mechanics as a player to use skills are going to be just i kind of look at at the word convoluted as being like the best fit like if it's just a big cluster of 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 things that people are going to have to remember then there's going to be a lot of confusion for someone that maybe is casual and for someone who's maybe hardcore <clears throat> like sure they might grasp it and everything um but then you have to think about uh, things like balancing which kind of goes into something someone brought up on the youtube video which is when you look at all the combinations right eight by eight you take the eight archetypes and you go okay you can combine it with yours or the other seven archetypes you get up to what sixty four combinations, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. and you have to balance all of that. So then, when you take the idea of hitboxes, action versus tab target, and how you choose to implement that, you also have to think about how that's going to play into your balancing across the board with all that. Then you got yeah, augmentation and, and weapons and weapons. And honestly, regarding and, the, and armor sets, <laughs> regarding the the, the casual <laughs> versus <laughs> hardcore kind of debate i feel that's my personal opinion and i am in no way a hardcore player of anything i've played hardcore in the past uh i don't anymore because i want to live till i'm 60 and i don't want to die of a heart attack but to me raids are for hardcore pveers as just as much as ranked pve is for hardcore pvpers so for raids for raids themselves it should be animation based it should be strategy it should be error and trial like uh, the guild curse in wow that was doing they were doing world firsts and then uploading on youtube and people were watching and watching and watching to remember the strategy and the different Mm -hmm. mechanics and you actually had to do homework for the raid you were going to do and everyone had to read the guide and everyone had to know the guide by heart and it would take four hours to clear the first boss and then we'd meet up two days or the day after to do the second boss and that's how it would be and that's how i feel like it should be for raids themselves if you want your casual players not to get bored and not to feel left out there are many ways and it's called don't be lazy and that's a don't be lazy at the developers make content for casual players that is not necessarily easy but it is not necessarily aimed at hardcore players but ranked pvp is for hardcore pvpers and raids should be j- 
just as hard in comparison for PVEers. If they want to put the time, the effort, and the dedication into it, they should be able to. Because if you make it like available to everyone, then you're going to have a lot of players who are going to get bored of your game. And they're mm -hmm. only going to come whenever there's new content. They're going to stay for two weeks and they're going to leave until there's new content. Just look at Destiny 2. So Yo. many people join. They're like, oh, the new season is awesome. They grind for two weeks and then they just leave. And that's just revenue for the company that they're losing in between the two content drops. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I just want to refer back to something that we were talking about in chat regarding Final Fantasy fourteen, and in terms of the telegraphing attacks. Mm -hmm. I don't so much mind if it's like based on animations or it's based on mm -hmm. like things on the ground targeting reticles, as long as it's consistent. Um, Anyone who's played Final Fantasy XIV probably knows the terror that is the Aurum Vale dungeon. And it's known as the Pug Killer, the Noob Killer. You don't want to know mm. why? Because up until that point, all of the dungeons, all of the big boss attacks, they had a targeting reticle on the ground for you to dodge. But then, for some reason, in the Aurum Vale, the bosses there no longer have that targeting reticle. It's all done with just bat animations. And that is a complete like terror for players because they've been taught to look for the targeting reticle on the ground and then dodge based on that. Suddenly that targeting reticle isn't there and they just fail. It's just a complete mess and they just they hit this wall that they can't overcome. And it it sucks. It really does suck. So if you're going to have uh based on animations, make sure you do it from the start and be consistent all the way through. Yeah, that's fair. Yes, thank you for telling me. I started Final Fantasy very recently. <laughs> <laughs> you it's, it's one of the pre-level 50 dungeons, and you'll have to okay. do one of the required dungeons. It is a nightmare. It's also, <laughs> they also changed it because the, um, for some reason in that dungeon, they made the, the, density of the mobs are a lot lot thicker so Ooh. if you can't body pull in that game you've got to do like like pulling people pulling mobs back into corridors and stuff like <laughs> that whereas in the previous dungeons you could literally just face tank into everything that doesn't work in all unveil and you will die very quickly if you try that so prepare yourself okay. for that particular dungeon on there i'm gonna hit so, on I'm going to hit on uh, Pacha's topic too, where he said, you know, looking at the casual and the hardcore, right? And, and finding a place for both. I'm going to read this one from Reddit. So Miss Looney Luna said, I know that there's PVP zones. So technically every zone is going to probably be a PVP zone, right? Yeah. So, um, and you can be a combatant or a bystander person. And if you kill a bystander, you get punished more than you die and stuff. But Will there be a possibility of just never being attacked in PvP? Like if I happen to be wandering by a caravan and enter the PvP zone by accident, is there going to be a way to guarantee I won't be attacked? Um, I'm very much into this game, but I hate PvP. So it would be nice to be able to play without the worry of suddenly getting murdered. Short answer, you have to choose through a prompt, at least this is my understanding, what, what your interaction is going to be if you 
want to help a caravan out. But aside from that, uh, the corruption system is what punishes people. Uh, and so someone can gank you wherever they want, but they will incur corruption. It will reduce, you know, diminish their stats. They do it enough. They're eventually going to be useless. No one's going to want them in a raid. They're going to be worthless in PVP. Um, but it's a, that's an example in terms of questions of, I just realized your disco lips on <laughs> Reddit too. <laughs> oh, Mackie. <clears throat> And like, listen, I, I, you heard me play. You heard me play the hardcore card, uh, hardcore oh, card there, yes. right? You heard me. I said raids should go for hardcore PVEers, uh-huh. ranked PVP for PVPers. But there's a limit. Casual players, <laughs> MMOs, MMOs in general are, shouldn't be for. You don't have to be dumb when you play. Like, sure. And I say that in the most respectful way that you should look at your screen when you play. And if you know that there's a caravan there and you know that you're going to get flagged, don't run into it, get killed by PvPer, and then be like, man, I don't like PvP. <laughs> <laughs> like, you should know that there are spots that you can't go to and That's spots awesome. that you can. Like, yeah. and that you can because PvPers man. just don't have any benefit of going after you there. And there are other games that do, that kind of do it this way, uh, going from much older MMOs to newer MMOs. There's WoW Classic, again, that's a good example, where like you, there, there were zones that were like just Horde, right? There was like the, the Barrens yeah. that was just Horde. And then north of the Barrens, there was this kind of like a Night Elf Forest that you could go to and that was a contested area and you would do your quests but it warns you it's contested yeah. well let me warn you everyone who don't know about ashes of creation vera is contested <laughs> you everywhere. <laughs> everywhere now choose your spot and while when i had to do quests in that zone in valewood i think is the name right uh i was thinking eversong woods or am i wrong eversong woods or something, it, something. Woods? it was like a always nighttime so north, kind of uh, north area north yeah oh yeah exactly. yeah eversong yeah, yeah. eversong great when music I was eversong and i had quests to do i would always like pull the mobs towards me and the guards so like i could <laughs> kill them and if there's a player he would like a ganker i'd be like ah help me and i would run <laughs> back to the guards <laughs> and i would be careful about it because i can get destroyed anytime and that's how that's how i kind of want to play ashes i know that i'm not going to get attacked I, or if i do it's because the pvp or the ganker is just dumb and he's going to get hunted down after that but i know that i'm not going to get attacked everywhere but at the same time i'm not going to go near a caravan or near like near a siege like there's a war with like 250 players versus 250. They're fighting. I'm just like, hey guys, oh, I just want to go. You'd be surprised. I just want to go <laughs> kill that turkey for Kimmy's pie, please. And oh, the turkey in the battlefield. So I have a story when when I used to GVG in Terra, it was yeah. always in the starter zone in uh, Fail Forest or whatever it's called, and uh, literally you have 100 versus 100 GVGs in in this little zone. And you have the newbies walking straight through AOE, dying. <laughs> like, do you not see us fighting over here? What's wrong with you? And then they're in chat. Oh, my God, I'm being murdered. <laughs> mm-hmm. And there's a comment here that says, from Diva again, I wonder if the more hand-holding we get from MMOs, the more we become less skilled as players. 
my opinion and i think from the nods i see here everyone agrees yeah like We've the more hand holding so many get, different the more dumb we all become but at the same yeah. time when there's no hand holding at all and the game will die if there's no if there's no hand holding people will just not be interested if the game is complex they're not going to want to learn through Wait. too much trial and error just like most sandboxes, they're not that popular compared to theme park MMOs. There's a, there's yeah. a balance to get there, right? Yeah. Like, if you give me two, if it's like on, on, on rails kind of MMO, then people are just dumb and they're going to run into caravans and cry right. because they die. Yeah. Yeah. DVP. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I, I disagree. <laughs> Patcha, with what you're saying about if if there isn't any kind of hand holding, then the game will die. If that were well, the case, die in then, the marketing sense, like yeah. Uh, uh, again, I would disagree. Mm. People aren't averse to challenging games. Let's put let's put that to bed right now. People mm. like don't like you see a challenging and they don't immediately get turned off. Some people will, but the majority won't. The problem is punishing games. Not challenging, but punishing. Mm. And by that I mean, if you you set down a bunch of rules, but then you need to keep to those rules, right? You can't just have a game that randomly changes the rules because that is, and then kills off players due to randomly changing the rules. You've got to keep the consistency. And as long as it's a fair challenge, and as long as there is a smooth learning curve, then people are, I feel that people will rise to the challenge. And that's what I mean. I completely agree with you there. I feel like what I meant was if there's no hand-holding at all, as in there's no tutorial, if there are changes, if there are massive changes to the mechanics of a game, the game needs to tell you that there were changes and what you've been doing doesn't work anymore and that there's this, just like in ESO we had recently in a uh, big expansion and Ooh. we had uh, scrying and excavation, what did they do? They put an NPC exactly where people start in the new expansion. They tell you how to do it. You go in the backyard, you do that, you do that easy mode version, and then you know how it works. Good, go. Yeah. But if there's no hand holding at all, if like they just said, Hey guys, uh scrying's in the game, bye. And they just leave and like they don't explain to you what it is and how you do it. I'm fairly confident that half of the players that do scrying right now in ESO wouldn't wouldn't have like yeah. they would have never started. Wouldn't have touched it. I, yeah. yeah, I I yeah. like the idea of no hand holding in PvP. Um, yes, there's 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 a there's both no hand holding and hold, and hand holding when it comes to GVGs or realm versus realm or whatever you want to call it. Um, so. Essentially, as a guild master or even as a, a PvP raid leader, when you, whatever you label them, they have to learn tactics uh, and uh, uh, different mechanics by themselves in order to lead their group. So that, in a way, is no handholding for them. Uh, and then they have to pass that knowledge on to the rest of their guild who may be casual players and have no idea what the hell PvP is about. Um, mm. And then on the other hand, uh, as far as hand-holding, uh, I think to a certain degree in PvP, like like Pacha pointed out, you give them a basic understanding of 
player attacks this player, becomes corrupted, this player, blah, blah, yeah. blah. You know, somewhere in the starting zone, explain all this. Like, yeah. hey, yeah. if you go out into the world, you're going to get murdered. You know, uh, too bad. And then after that, there's no other ind- indication of, oh, there's a player in your body that's going to kill you. You know, you just have to be, you yeah. just have to have situational awareness. Yeah. And it can't be something as simple as what they do in like the uh, Elder Scrolls Online tutorial when they're just like, hey, like they freeze the camera and they lock you on the target and like left click once to light attack. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. You've done it. Now left, like hold left click to heavy attack. Okay, cool. You've done it. Now fight this mob. Just do it. Okay, cool. You've done it. Next, next place. And like it takes you like 30 seconds to do and you learn how to do it and you're good to go. They could do a tutorial with that. Combatant, so, like combatant, not combatant. They show you text, and then they show you like uh, a mob with a colored name. Like if you attack it, then you attack it. You see your name changes, your status changes. The game stops for a while and explains to you now players can attack you. And so you, like you get this, um, this, 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 this. So which I said, yeah. why would we be attacking each other over flowers in ashes? Well, for the simple reason that my name is written on that spot right there, you just can't see it. <laughs> you got so, the invisible flag yeah yeah so you need, you need to move you know that that's that's my territory you have to move now so that flower is mine now you have to move. get off my lawn <laughs> yeah yeah say matches like clint east to it like get off my lawn, it's that meaningful conflict right like the, get the hell out of here. we like actually uh because missed he didn't say it here but he did type it in chat and it's basically you know each race or each uh group of people i mean you can even look you can look at it like from the end game quote-unquote races or you can look at it as like the communities like guilds that evolve as we come there and group up all have their idea of of how things are going to work and so you know if i don't like what you're doing there's the meaningful conflict they keep coming back to right then and it yeah node system and all that yeah i mean so yeah it it all gets developed like the the game in a sense will give us the basics of here's how the node nodes work here how the world works and then it's up to the players to evolve to to um to implement the politics implement the government mm-hmm. implement you know the different rules and laws that the player yeah. base under their node will follow essentially so like say node 1 uh everyone has established that there will be no pk outside of the town up to a certain point but node two is like pk everybody kill everything you see you know <laughs> and so you you have a player coming from uh, node one into node two who doesn't know anything about these rules and they're like go back to node one like oh yeah they murdered me you know and uh, <laughs> I, I, my feelings are hurt we should go attack them you know so it, it goes back to uh the world evolving and the players actually their actions having consequences so whatever you decide to do to your neighbor, be careful because when they level up enough, they might come back and murder you. That's a direct quote from the Bible, by the way, Chad. <laughs> 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 because, oh, and also don't underestimate don't, don't underestimate healers in the open world. Just because we're healers and we look like we're in light armor and we run away from you. We have like 50 friends back in town who will come and whoop your ass <laughs> you know the the other thing i've kind of i've been wondering about too is like make so meaningful conflict all that the other thing i wonder is like how the corruption system is going to play into the lore <laughs> i know it's a tie-in but that is a game mechanic and it's a very important game mechanic for balancing griefing and things like that 
And I'm wondering how that's going to tie in story wise, right? What? Why would you call it like the corruption idea? Like, I feel like corruption's what took the planet down to begin with, right? Yeah. Why yeah. we left. So I'm going, okay, if we're going to call it corruption as it applies to griefing and PvP, I feel like that's got to tie into something story wise, like gameplay wise, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it could be, it could be, uh, it could be something solid. Like it could be an object or it could be just a metaphysical idea of the world. Like it, it got corrupted because idea or because of uh, a feeling or something, you know, like it doesn't have to be necessarily a physical thing, but it could. So I <laughs> don't know yet. Basil, you said, yeah. I think you were going to say something. What were you going to, do you remember? I was, I was, I was trying to say something to the comment where uh, they had to hold your hand. Like, <laughs> I get I get Misty's point and I get Patch's point, uh-huh. but I also I also want to shed some light to the people who never actually touched MMOs. What are you going to do mm. with these? people? So I've always had this idea in mind. When you enter an MMO, it gives you the option of are you an experienced MMO player or are yeah. you so, someone who's new? Because at the end of the day you need to build a new generation of gamers. That's true. At the end yeah. of the day. Because and the way you build them, you throw them into the pool and let them drown. Mackie, <laughs> 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 I'll tell you what, as a swimming teacher, I can tell you for a fact that does not work. <laughs> That's how it has been tried. Well, maybe in Europe it doesn't oh, work, man. but here it does. <laughs> um, oh my God. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you, Faisal. Um, sorry, Faisal. Faisal. Um, I've played quite a few, <laughs> few different MMOs and I actually went through a phase of literally playing every MMO for an hour and really paying attention to uh, their tutorial, as it were. That was mm. a very wide variety. I mean, you've got games like World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy mm. that are clearly dedicated to teaching brand new players and particularly younger players how to play the game in terms of how to open your bags how to accept and and complete quests how to do the basic combat yeah so you've got that side but then you've got the other extreme with games like uh black desert online which doesn't teach you anything like it did the basic wasd movement and that was it it didn't even teach you how to (laughs) enter combat Mm-hmm. And and I was just looking at this and thinking, wow, like, yeah. e- even if you, um, and Black Desert Online is a weird example, because even if you played other traditional MMORPGs, the combat in that is so different. So, and they've got literally but, nothing. Yeah, even experienced them. MMO players, uh-huh. like, they, they need to learn that from the ground up, and there's yeah. not yeah. really any I, I literally that. sat there for 10 minutes thinking to myself, how do I attack? Yeah. What do I do? Yeah. Or I, I was looking on a mob and nothing was happening. And I was just not moving. I was like, yeah. huh, it's pretty. So well, There's some, <laughs> some MMOs who um, they teach you how, the basics of combat, Yeah, but none of that really applies to PvP because yeah. you have rooting, you have uh, evasion, you have blinks, and you have uh, potions that get you out of uh, roots and snares and stuff. So doesn't they teach you the, the basic like how to move your character how to basic attack how to do your skills but they don't really 
<laughs> give you anything to go into PvP with as far as tact. Like, you have to learn that yourself. And as a new player, um, I always found it interesting to have a uh, mentorship yeah. type of uh, mm-hmm. program in the game. Uh, that's how I learned how to play Blade and Soul. Is, uh, if you remember Sumarian, Ceremonin. Yeah, Ceremonin. He was my old guild leader in Blade and Soul, and he was my he was my mentor when I first uh, came into that game because I was I didn't know what the hell I was doing in that game, and um, it like he led me through everything. Like this is what you do. This is how PvP works. This is what you don to attack people. Da 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 da. So, as a new player, like Faisal is talking about, um, the tutorial can only take you up to a certain point, and then mm-hmm. you as a basic learning understanding human have to take your brain and apply yeah. yourself no, to those situations like you have <laughs> no. to apply yourself to certain situations like <laughs> I no. that's why <laughs> like i can't i can't teach someone how to um fight another person in a video mm-hmm. game like i can sh- i can say when they do this you might want to do this or yeah. you might yeah. want to uh, you might want to equip this but i can't force that person to use those tools optimally Optim, you know, yeah. you're right. They Optimal, they can yeah. just stand it's, there and swing and die, but it's yeah. not gonna do anything. I'm, I'm currently teaching three people how to play League of Legends. It's very frustrating oh, to teach them how to dodge and CS and all these things. And that's why I don't play DPS. I understand, <laughs> but at the it's end so, of the day, it's so frustrating because like, you have DPS. to you have to aim, and then you like, have to yeah. like. We, I mean, we honestly though, we make fun of DPS players, but like it's so frustrating being a DPS player too because you're like the squishiest ever, and you're the one like in the fire, and then you die. I miss the good old days where you could just blame all the healers. God, they still do. What are you talking about? People blame me every day. They always tell me, "Hey, healer, you're in the red." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm the one healing. I can heal myself through this. You can't, you idiot." Yeah, but your job is to heal me. Okay, <laughs> my job is to smash one over and over again. Okay, I got, I got, I got this one. So check this out. So before I read this next question, I, I agree. I, I think that. It's important to have like a real <laughs> basic, here's how to play your character, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's important, but at the same time, I think the basics, like here's how you do this, here's how you do that. Um, it can, you know, I think the Elder Scrolls Online has a system where by default, you have to go in and turn it off, right? It doesn't prompt you to. I like the idea of Faisal. Beginning, no, I disagree with you, Sim. Hold on. I, my first MMO was e- e- ESL. And when I entered that game, it was a shit show to when me. Did you, when did you play it? When it first launched. Yeah. Wasn't oh, in the game when it first launched. Yeah. We're talking about it in current in current iteration. At launch it didn't it's, have any of that. Yeah. But you want to talk about hand holding, it's like <laughs> like now it literally tells you like I mean it says hand holding yeah. as it gets currently, right? Like but it's great because if you're brand new, it tells you how to do all that, but it takes you through the basics and after that it's done, right? I think you should have the option as you start the game, like Faisal saying though, to say, oh God, yes. I want this or I don't need this. Don't right. bother me with this. I'm going forward. I know what I'm doing. And I think that's, that's important, right? But I agree with Mackie. Like, I don't think PVP should be in the game and handheld for you. Like they should tell you how to do that. Cause that's right. still, that's just gameplay. 
Like right. if you're fighting like a mob in the world or a, or a rare spawn boss or something, you've got to know how to mitigate the damage, how to heal, how to survive, how to root, how to stun, all that stuff. You got to know all of those things, right? Through experience and by paying attention. And it's no different in PvP. It's the same thing. The only difference is it's a different player. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not the one AI. thing I do, I, I'll take it back off of that, mm-hmm. is um, what ESO did recent in the recent years, like a couple years ago. They implemented the. Um, that little panel that tells players how to optimize their build. Like they give them, yeah, yeah. yeah, I love that thing because if that had been in the game when I first started, I would have not been confused at all. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, you said it, it's as handholding as it gets now. And it's fantastic. Uh, There's, there's, um, there's a guy who started playing recently and he was telling me uh, playing Elder Scrolls online. And he was telling me how, Oh my God, there are so many quests going on. Um, no, it wasn't a guy. It was, um, it was a, a girl, a very good friend of mine. And she started playing and she said, like, there are so many quests going on. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. And I said, just look at the logos. And when you see the special arrow with a design inside of it, that's what you have to do. The rest, you don't, you don't have to do it ever. Like, if you don't want to, unless you find it interesting, you don't need to do it. And she was like, oh my God, okay, that's super helpful. And that's as that's the zone guide. That's the new feature that ESO put in because it was insanely confusing. Where like you had a mil- but that's just Bethesda games in general. You have a bajillion <laughs> side quests. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you finish like one side quest line. And you're like, oh, so that was the main game. Okay, and you leave. And like you've never even I touched the main all. story because uh, yeah. like, it's like buried <laughs> under the Gotcha. I did them all. <laughs> but like there are so many people freaking out because like games can be super complicated. And ESO, I, I feel like they put the work in to make that game really understandable for players. And I feel That's, like yeah. it should be an option, like Faisal said. Uh <laughs> and as you said, Sim, like give us the option. Are you a veteran MMO or are you not? Yeah. If you are not, here's a handhold. Like right. I'm going to hold your hand through Alpha basics. Island, for example, and I'm going to teach you the basics and how to do yeah. everything. Keep in mind, this is just a bubble. This is just yeah. a little dream world for you. And then I'm oh. sending you in the actual game. If you're a veteran, that- forget Alpha Island. You don't need it. You're not going to miss on the story. You're not going to miss on anything. No mm-hmm. achievement there. No collectibles there. Just go to Vera. That's it. The one thing I do don't like about ESO is that it it is a perfect example of too much handholding. Yeah, like too much handholding because mm. in recent years, in like three, four, in the last three years of the yeah. game's life, it literally is just catering to new players. Yeah, I agree. I I disagree. I mean, I did the the new player experience for ESO quite recently, a couple of months back, and I didn't find it compared to for example, Final Fantasy or World of Warcraft is not that handholdy. Like you look at Final Fantasy 14, there are tutorials for literally everything. Text boxes for literally uh-huh. everything. And it's information yeah. overload. Yeah. And that's completely unnecessary. Kind of wonder if well, Mackie and my coming from perspective a, a veteran is... player of that yeah. game to now, like yep. you see the evolution of the game and you're like, Oh, what? <laughs> I think our perceptions, I think our reality, like our thoughts on that is probably skewed a bit because we came yeah. into it and yeah. we have got mm-hmm. the experience of years. And so like to us, it's like, uh, you know, but like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's still new yeah. players that come into it and they have like no idea what they're doing. 
the tutorials still don't seem to help him. Like, <laughs> He's just okay, like, this is how bad it was. Someone the other day asked me how to resurrect a player. <laughs> you walk up to the dead person, it gives you a, gives you a prompt. It gives you a big F on your yeah. screen. I'm like, dude, you walk up to him and you, you, you hit the E button or the F button. And he's like, oh. Oh, <laughs> that's what it does. Oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah. Even, um, even Miss is going, you don't know that? Yeah. I mean, granted, I'm, I've played MMOs for quite a few years. But, and I'm used to sort of experimentally clicking on stuff. Yeah. I'm, I, I in, t- in terms of giving players the option, I totally agree. This is one thing that I think, going back to Faisal's point about League of Legends, that game has an insane difficulty curve and information overload at the wazoo. But it does have the benefit of it has a very solid tutorial for teaching you the very, very basics that you can choose Mm. to skip. If if you're a veteran player, you make a new account, the first thing it tells you is, says, are you a veteran um, League of Legends player? If so, press this button to skip the tutorial and go straight into matches. Cool. Fantastic. Excellent. How good the tutorial is... um, I'd say it's, like I say, it teaches you the very basics, but it doesn't go yeah. into anything like the amount of detail that you need to be anywhere close to even passable mm-hmm. at the game. But that's yeah. just the nature of the game. It's like there's too much to learn. Absolutely. I want to try to hit a couple points here, too. One more off of Reddit, okay? Uh, yeah. This one was about tank scaling and raids. Um, and we still have a few more bullet points here I want to hit on, too, in terms of, like, talking about loot systems. I have to hit on that. Uh, that actually relates to the conversation yesterday that we had here on the stream, um, talking about setting up the uh, Pathfinder show talking points. And so Lost Forever said, question about scaling, uh, tank scaling and raids. Even have this topic in the forum, but here it goes. In many MMOs, a group needs a tank. However, when you go into raids, usually needs four or five groups. Uh, yet the raid as a whole will only need two tanks, the best three tanks, at best three tanks. This creates a problem for the tank player in that they find it hard to get raid spots as tanks. This in turn, and here's the part that I feel is very important to note, uh, is this in turn creates tank shortages for groups since the tank player will now decide I'm going to play a DPS or a healer going to get a raid spot. Uh, how does Ash's plan to address these issues? I find that interesting because I definitely recognize the trend of there not ever being enough tanks. It seems like in almost every MMO I jump into, I could jump into anything right now, and I'm I feel like I'm not gonna be able to find tanks as easily as anything else. And yeah. so I think that there's probably some relevance to this. Um, I also wonder how much of that really just ties into. Well, another discussion point I had, I think it was on the LFM show. Correct me if I'm wrong, Mist. I think we talked about this last Thursday on that podcast, but I think we were talking with Nathan about how a lot of people have been, you know, playing MMOs for so long that a lot of them have done these more core roles so frequently that maybe at this point now they just want to do DPS. Maybe they don't want to do tanking or healing as much as they want to do other things. But I don't know. What do you all what do you all think about that question? Like, what do you think they can do? To I don't think it's that, that relevant. On a, it, well, I wouldn't say relevant. But I, no, no, no. Not um, I, I think they're what? getting the wrong idea of why there's a tank shortage. I believe that there's a tank shortage because uh, tanking is seen as the leading role. 
In other words, you need to know everything about the dungeon because you are leading the group. And yeah. particularly new players, they don't want to do that. They don't want to have that burden, which is why they don't pick the tanking role. Uh, I think that's why there is a short a tank shortage, not because yeah. there are less tanks needed in yeah. raids and therefore less people play tanks in general. I agree with Mist. I think it's because people, uh, Mist and Theater Elf in chat, is because people just, they're not feeling up to it. They, they're not, they don't want to be the, like the encyclopedia of the, of the gosh darn dungeon and know all the content and all the mechanics and the, and the game. And they don't want to group lead. They just want to be in to have mm. fun for the ride. That's it. They want to have fun. I also think it's because in many games, tanks are boring and can't do anything by themselves. Oh. So they're not enjoyable for the solo player. They're only enjoyable for the group player and the group player doesn't, like you might want to be a group player, but then you might not want to have to know everything about the game. So like, so the tank point. has to be a leader, and you don't necessarily want to be a leader. Tank, I, tank most honorable thing in any MMO. Okay, they're the crusaders. They, they of this get crusaders. Crusaders. Get out of here. So this comes down to three points for me. Uh, the first one is what Pacha and Miss hit on is uh, the leadership. That's such a key role. Key role in uh, any any group dynamic is the tank. You know, you're seen as the the godlike the godlike person who's going to lead mm. us to victory. Mm. Oh, yeah. You know, um, aside from the healer. But uh, the, the second the second point would be that. Uh, Yo, Matt, you're a healer. Yes, I am. Okay, uh, cool. yeah. the, 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 the way the looting systems in some of the MMOs are, are designed, say you're a tank and you're going through the same dungeon to get a certain gear set, but only one piece is dropping for you. But uh, uh, other, other people in your raid or your dungeon group, whatever, they get a, a heavy set and they can trade it to you, but they refuse. So... Mm. Again, uh, the tank I want is unequipped. For my alt, that's right. a tank. The it's tank like, is unequipped dude. to try this again, or he just gets discouraged to try that content over and over again because there's no point for them. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you have the glory of the, I guess, the acolyte of of being a tank. So no one thinks the tank as much. They're like, oh, that was pretty cool. Oh yeah, my DPS was off. You know the charts. You know yeah. or yeah that was some good healing but you never hear that you never hear very very often oh that was some good tanking man oh yeah the tank was awesome you rarely no. hear that i rarely no. see that every now and then because they're I'll gonna, see they're gonna the shit on the tank if they die because right. the boss is off the leash or they the boss is always focused on the tank and the dps can just be like on their right. keyboard and then they win and they they think it's because they're awesome and they were top of the chart of DPS. No, it's because right. the tank let you live by leashing, by having the boss on the leash, but mm -hmm. they don't realize that. If they die, they blame the tank or the healer. Right, and I was about to bring that up too. It's not just the tank who gets this type of uh, uh, dismissal. Uh, it's also anyone who is a support role mm. outside of DPS. <laughs> so tanks, bards, any, any type of healer uh, class, 
who is supporting like victimizing the DPS for good reason for good reason because that's the mentality of most MMO players mm. in this current generation and it brings is, me back to the comment that Diva said earlier the more hand-holding MMOs get, the dumber players get. And right. that's kind of how it, it is right now. Players want to feel badass, right? And they want to do a lot of damage and have big numbers on their screen because it's awesome. Mm. So they can stand in the fire and right. blame the healer and the tank. Right. Because, like, I remember playing, um, like, back when I played DC Universe Online, I was a healer. Uh, I was one of the weakest healers in that in that game because of the not not because I suck but because the class itself had a very low <laughs> nice save had a very low uh, healing kit but it was a challenging class to play which was the mist the, the mystic class and um, uh, or what they called sorcerer healing uh, back yeah. then so I really loved it. But at the same time, I had to literally have like an Excel sheet for myself, like this will buff this, this will buff this, if this person does this, this will buff this, this will buff this, this that, and all these guides from different websites and stuff. So, like Pacha said, people are getting lazy. DPS is so, so easier to do because you can literally put on a weapon, put on an augment, put on jewelry, put on a, you know gear, and bam! You could be yeah. the worst skilled DPS, but you have all this gear to back you up, and now your numbers are super high. As long as you learn the rotation that you have practiced for a while, it's like engraved in your brain now. Like Forget then, about those red dots on the floor. Exactly. I can run right through them. Exactly. The healer <laughs> will take care of me. What? I died? Damn healers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what? I'm pulling exactly, aggro from the tank? Single, tank? One single rotation. Or uh, it's tank. Why aren't you aggroing? <laughs> Dude, you have your ESL yeah. for stamina DPS. It's like activate your boosts, throw mm. the arrows, run, do your slashy, slashy bleed thing. DPS, 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 throw your trap, arrows, rinse and repeat. It's like, it's an annoying rotation. It can be complicated to learn at first for like a new DPS player, but once you learn it, it's the same you use, you use for every single boss. And as Diva said, and as we all said, the players are getting dumb. And the dumber we get, the more DPS-oriented we get. Or you have an, <laughs> yes, sure an ESO who brings a Frost Staff. Oh, my God. Into a dungeon, which, if nobody is familiar with ESO, Frost in PvE, they draw aggro. That draws yeah, aggro. So you're literally telling the boss to come kill you. And then you complain. <laughs> but the ESO, the ESO tanking system is just broken all yeah. over. It's just, uh, it's just stupid. There's like yeah. things that draw aggro, <laughs> and then tanks have to just taunt constantly instead of like building a threat. It's yeah. weird. Yeah. And then you build a subculture of people who think that overhealing is the answer. Right. So then you have then these people aggro. who are like, right. "Why? Why aren't you healing me every point two seconds?" I'm like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. I'm eating. Yeah. I'm eating. <laughs> like I, I remember in the good old days of World of Warcraft when like you had to build threat to to tank. And I think it's that way still today. <laughs> or like you had this Ooh, sudden, you have the you had, oh it's not it's not like this today. Okay, okay let me let me put it this a way. A little bit. 
Threats is still in the game in WoW, but it's completely irrelevant. As oh, long okay. as the tank okay. is literally hitting the boss, they will build okay. enough. As long as he's eating crayons with the boss, he's fine. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, so, pretty much. Like I remember <laughs> back in the days, like I watched like all the DPS and the healers were like super far with our our weapons, and we saw the the boss on the UI with the tank, the single tank, tiny like that compared to the boss. <laughs> and you looked on the UI, and he had like one stack of thunder. Two stack of thunder. Yes. Three stacks of thunder. Okay, guys. Once once he's at twelve, just burn him. It's like as soon as we saw twelve, it's like ah, we just rushed on the dude. And like it was super fun. It was so much fun. And now it's just like the tank is like, I'm gonna taunt you. And even if I taunt you, even if I like taunted you, there's a dude, a dumbass dude is using a frost staff and another one overhealing in the corner. So the boss is just like, I don't know what to do and goes yeah, in every like, direction. Dee, 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 dee. Yeah. And you're taunting. <laughs> He's so he broken for tanking. So uh -huh. please, Ashes of Creation, Intrepid Studios, do not get inspiration for tanking from ESO. <laughs> or get you it have from another MMO. Or you have those dumb mechanics where players make those mechanics where oh you're a healer good this is what i need you to do i need you to overhear yourself and run in a circle the boss will follow <laughs> you and we'll all just dps it back like, so excuse me here, what here's, here's a point there. so we, we have oh God, we have you. we have skills that, that are going to be in the game that are going to relate to like you know class skills right and this actually also piggybacks off of the the show i mentioned earlier you guys probably heard about for looking for more we had a conversation last Thursday. It's the other podcast. It's more general gaming. But the discussion point around like uh, there was something this other game that's in development had actually brought up on their discord. It was um, gender abilities, right? They were just gauging the audiences like the, their their communities like perspective on this. Right. And, and like essentially like, you know, is it good or bad? Is it a, you know, would it be beneficial? Um, and you know, I, I think when I looked at that, it's like, so genders having an ability, I mean, that could be like an issue with immersion. Cause like, if I only want to play a male character, but the skill that's really great is like a female character that I don't want to play a female character, like a male character. I want to play the female, but then it breaks my immersion. doesn't really feel like I want to play it. It's kind of like in a BDO. It's like some of the classes, like it's gender locked, right? Like, oh, I'd like to try this class, but I can't because if I do, then I don't get to play the way I actually feel like my character. Like, it doesn't really feel like it's it feels like a full experience. Right. Um, but I think one of the things that Ashes has in, in design to, to kind of like change the dynamic a bit is that we're there's not going to be DPS meters. Um, you're not going to have that system where. Uh, DPS and healers and tanks have the same dynamic as they have in other games. Uh, you're going to have things like these class abilities. So like you have a mage, maybe you need the mage to be able to, you know, check this out to be able to see something that you can't see otherwise or a ranger to check something out because you can't see it otherwise. Um, and the different abilities tying in there, but depending on the end game, uh, we'll just call it like a, a hurdle, if you will, that you have to crawl, like build a jump, right? You can't pass through that hurdle or that gate or whatever, unless you actually figure out how to resolve this like puzzle or this, you know, interesting like mechanic that's in place, but <laughs> different classes can do something about that, right? Like maybe the mage and the ranger both can figure out what that is, but the tank and the cleric can't. So it makes yeah. it to where different classes, you know, the dynamics different, you know, people have usefulness, um, 
but I'm kind of, you know, when I think about things like gender abilities or class abilities, I think those things are great. Uh, I don't know that gender ability would really work very well, but something like class abilities, uh, even racial abilities, like you see in World of Warcraft, especially yeah. more so before they kind of tweaked everything up. But you kind of have these like abilities that work. I think it's great if they're supplemental, but when they do a lot of, you know, when they really are like a, a, a game changer, it's like, you gotta have it. I think that's a little, a little bit of a negative thing from my perspective. And uh, just to be, just to be clear chat, totally don't want this to seem like it's a hate on DPS, uh, a hate on DPS <laughs> stream. It's really not. Um, we're just talking more specifically about like some of the, the roles I think a, that we've had experience with and probably B also are pretty common uh, problems that we see culturally in games. And it does not just relate to the, the DPS, like, cause you also have, like Mackie said, the people that just think that overhealing is the answer. If I just run up in here and my only focus, right? Like if a DPS's focus is a meter, they tunnel vision, they don't pay attention to situational awareness, they stand a fire, they die. If a heals only thought is all I need to do is just keep spamming heals, right? It's kind of like that problem in Wrath of the Lich King that tanks had where they they actually thought, well, I'm just going to get as much health as possible and I'll be good. No, you got to be able to mitigate that damage, too, or you're just going to get cut down, homie. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, the tanks think it's the healer's job to heal me so I don't maybe interrupt something or I don't, you know, mitigate this damage using a bubble or uh, an evasion ability or something. Right. This all comes down <clears throat> to kind of. Yeah, I agree players get lazy when there's too much handholding and you don't have to like learn to go beyond the basics. You go into a situation thinking, well, it's that entire game gamer mentality, right? Like right. I'm here, I queued, I think the queuing sort of thing kind of ties into some of that stuff. It, it If I'm not having to like earn my way enough, I kind of think that is, that's how that starts to happen. Because then it's like, well, I just jumped in this group real quick. If I leave, there's not really a consequence. I'll do it again later. Uh, you know, if I'm in here and I'm a tank, I'm just here. All I got to do is hit the taunt button. If I'm here as a healer. So I think in order to address that overall dynamic between these these class systems is really not the classes or the races in the game or the the it's the player. And you've got to address yeah. what facilitates that gamer mentality and so what's the the main focus with ashes uh it's the mechanics that you're gonna have to worry about in a raid not specifically Another, the, the numbers i'd say it's more about gear than anything else people it's not just about over healing but over gearing a lot of people have this attitude and i'm gonna bring up wow because it's rampant there they think that oh I didn't, we didn't manage to kill this boss. It means we're under geared. Well, no, you just failed the mechanics. Gears have got nothing to do with it, but they, they have this mentality of, oh, I need to get more gear. I need to get right. higher gear. And yes, that will help you, but it's not going to make you a better player. Right. And also, like Miss said, oh, uh, gear is important, yes, but you need to learn the mechanics. And I cannot stress this enough everyone needs to read their skills because uh there'll be so many times where i'm in a like i'm in a trial in eso and the other healer is mitigating all of my heals because they're using breath of life on top of all my i hots 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, you can't use that with another Templar because you'll you'll just completely get rid of Wait all of it. the hots that were put down. And they're like, I didn't know that. Oh, well, you're dumb because you don't. <laughs> you're dumb because <laughs> you, you need to read your skills, especially if, if you don't if you don't know any other classes, know your class. So that way, when you're in a raid with another class, another person who's playing your class, you both can say, hey, what skills are you using? So I don't, you know, you know, take away from your glory kind of mm-hmm. communications yeah. key that's what it right. really comes down to mm-hmm. focusing on player interactions man oh and to go back to sim your gender question yeah um not to get too in depth with it but mm-hmm. i think a lot of people <laughs> hate gender gender locking that's what it sounds like in yeah, a way but like a pseudo gender locking but also i think a lot of games need to get away from genders or at least add a third gender option for the mm-hmm. trans community mm-hmm. who um, would like that. That's just my opinion. Yeah. I think that, I don't think, I think that Steven actually addressed that for Ashes, right? That there's not. Yeah. There's going to be, um, there's going to be certain sliders that people can utilize to get to that point that they desire, but there will not be a third gender. Right. So you just got to choose which which side you want to start with as like right. your base level and then kind of adjust from there. Right. To whichever one's going to be more more uh, identified. And I like you. that answer more yeah. than no, flat out. No, we're not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense from a design perspective, too, to yeah. just kind of yeah. separate like that. Just give you a little bit more control on the sliders and the. Yeah, that oh. makes sense. Um, also want to talk about the so East Ruth had mentioned the eight group dynamic and this ties into support. Um, I think that within Ashes, what's going to be really awesome is I, th- I think that the not only are the DPS going to really have the opportunity to be in the spotlight a little more outside of just being a number. I think every player will. I think that's also going to tie into uh, support classes, right? You know, one of the questions he had actually asked on the Reddit was around that, you know, uh, support or are they going to ha- be like, you know, actually a thing? And I think that we are going to probably see that more so i think a bard is the example a lot of people go back to is talking about the bard and how the bard's going to be you know making bards great again and ashes but you know i also can think about a lot of other uh you know kind of like archetype combinations that could be interesting too but until we actually get you know bards an easy thing for us to like reference because we've seen it somewhere else but some of these like what hawkeye for example was like one right is that hawkeye one of them yeah, Hawkeye is like oh. one of the one of the crosses between a ranger and I, I forget I forget the other one. Uh, but, are, are we talking? Oh God, I thought you Wait, were talking oh. about the Marvel hero. I oh thought you were. Hey, are we not? Well, no, no we're not talking about Marvel. Good of a bard he this, was. this is an Ashes of Creation podcast. Bad Mackie, bad Mackie. Oh, I'm gonna check actually. Ashes of Creation classes. Sorry, we got. was the thing about the the bard that i've seen in other games more often than not the like support elements of it are just baked into the normal rotation mm. so if you play a bard mm. in final fantasy 14 they've got various um songs that they play and that give various buffs but you don't really decide when to use those buffs it's baked into the rotation so you do a normal rotation and it pass- passively gives the buffs mm. to your teammates and um guild wars 2 has the same thing where you just do a normal rotation you don't have to think about the either the healing or the buffs they just happen 
And I think that's a really, really lazy way of doing a support class, in my opinion. We are, I am like contemplating which direction to go here because we are already getting kind of close to. Oh, our... let's just keep going. We're fine. No, nah, man. No, 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 no. <laughs> we have to have set some limits on this. Uh, I do I do want to – oh, man. We had a topic around. Uh, I am curious, though, to see the, the different augments like you were talking about between uh, – what is it? Cleric or temp, cleric uh, that Stephen had mentioned uh, earlier way back when. <laughs> if you're like pve and you're going through a zone and you have to cleanse something – they would have a specific skill to cleanse out poison. Yeah. But a, another class wouldn't. Right. Uh, they would have like a different um, type of cleanse, but it wouldn't be as powerful. Or um, you could see through walls and see certain uh, secret passages. Other ways. Stuff. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, yeah. So I'm curious how how the, not the primary class, but the secondary, yeah. The secondary class is going to. Uh, have a similar uh skill yeah i'm like this is driving me nuts i'm actually going to pull up the uh going back oh my god you know how far back and then that would kind of like impede people who are in a trial and say they do they go through the entire trial they complete it and then come to find out the next day that uh, the the other raid behind them was like hey did you find the secret room (laughs) yeah so i want to kind of hit on this when we look at the class list okay I feel like I just need to be keeping this on tap more and more regularly. But here is the this is the news post way back in 2017. Um, We got this. We got this class list where you look at the main archetypes, your base classes on your left. Mm -hmm. And at the top, you have basically what you're combining it with. Right. So Hawkeye is actually a ranger and a ranger, which actually was off. I thought it was something different. It was like bound with you have things like a ranger later with the cleric Solbo. Right. You got the ranger with the summoner, a falconer. You go up. Oh, what? Yeah, Falconer. You've got, oh. uh, yeah, you've got the Spellstone, which is the mage in the tank. You got, um, you know, the, of course, the, the cleric and the ranger is a protector. And I'm going, so you, you think about all of these combinations. You think you start out as like a cleric or you start out as a ranger and then you cross with something like a cleric and you get a soul bow. Like, what is that going? What's the identity to that going to be? Is it going to be different from the base class? Does it change what that, you know, base class uh, kind of like, uh, um, uh, oh my God, you know, class ability is going to be and how it's going to help you in your environment? Or is it going to be pretty cookie cutter in terms of fighter, tank, rogue, ranger, mage, summoner, cleric, and bard are all this and you got that always. But then when you combine and get your secondary class, that changes maybe just your main uh, combat skills and some of that sort of stuff. I mean, that's, that's kind of the question, like how far do you go? And then depending on how far you choose to go is also going to determine how much balancing they're going to be working on in the end game. And that's like the developers, that is the developers end game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's their end of the road. They are constantly doing that. So from a fundamental standpoint, if you do not get that right from the beginning, much like, server structure not working well then you're building off a cracked foundation right for the long haul and you're you're gonna spend so much time working on it i hope that every like say tank uh primary and secondary like say you know if you're a tank and you have all these that you have these different secondary uh classes 
I hope that they're still viable as a tank. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, of course. You can still take. You say you don't have a tank. Tank. I don't know what that is, but um, say you don't have that. Yeah, say you don't have a guardian to take in a raid with you, and you only have the guardian ranger to take in with you. I hope that person can still be a tank. Right. Depends how hard they make the content. Right. The harder you make the content, the less options you generally uh, give people in order to complete it. Yeah, you go back to class identity too, right? Because when you think about starting as a tank and then you become, uh, you know, range or second, like you were saying, you're a warden. So what's it be, you know, mean to be a warden? Like, is it how much, how much uniqueness do you really have there uh, when you do that combination, right? Because then you go and you look at games like uh, Arcage, for example, you know, and you look at all the combinations in that game, like each, each combination absolutely has depth to it like each class has some pretty significant uh depth to like you know that what are we what are we laughing at look at your chat oh my god (laughs) (laughs) so total freaking chat's a homie what up man (laughs) i'm rolling out my door again just wanted to drop this here and remind you that you are still still bald bald. and bald is beautiful (laughs) shine on Shining light. Where's the light, yo? It's on both sides of my head. It's not on the top. Right now. I'll work on that just for you, buddy. Um, to get back on topic, it would, yeah, yeah. It would kind of, um, it would kind of go back to what we were talking about earlier about not being enough tanks. So if someone has a tank primary and they have a different secondary, they could potentially be in an off tank ish kind of. So there would always be a, yeah, a. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Somebody help me. But yeah, like having like a usefulness or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Still have a role, have a purpose. But you know that's the yeah. thing, right? When you look at that, and you that's actually a good point. Like, so I'm a tank primary, right? And then I go ranger, and I'm a warden. Like, am I even gonna be viable as an off tank? Like, you know that the main the main skills are there, but how much right. does it change? Is it you know? And then you look at augmentation on top of that later right mm-hmm. it's a it's a very complex system that they're they're planning to like really work on having in the game and we have so little to go off of when we look at that that it's all speculation at this point yeah just thinking out loud just thinking of stuff and things right oh that's but if it's not implemented correctly it could go really really wrong truly really horribly wrong because then you would have someone in the same mindset, oh, I can be a tank primary and go to my secondary and still go into a raid or public dungeon and be a tank and be viable. But then they just get flat out killed. And same thing with the healer. Uh, they could be a cleric primary and then uh, a ranger secondary yeah. or something and flat out just suck. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Guild Wars 2 has that problem where you've got, particularly in the raids, the way that the uh, raid designs are set up and the way the mechanics work is that it's um you, you have very specific class specs that work and others that just flat out don't despite the developers saying when they release the game we want everybody to be able to play every role as it were um it it just doesn't work like that in the high mpv unfortunately so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see again it goes back to how difficult they want to make the content 
as well, to how so, much is going to be viable. So I was talking to uh, I was talking to community community favorites uh, Chibi Bree and DJ Viertek, uh yesterday, and they were talking a little bit about uh, the Alpha One and how like how I was playing. And Sim, I know you play Alpha One as well, mm-hmm. and you can tell me if if I'm wrong, but it seems like it's kind of bringing back old MMO vibes in terms of difficulty compared to if anyone here has played Star Wars The Old Republic vibes or ESO, where like you can legit kill a million mobs and you're not going to take a scratch and it's not difficult at all. Yeah. As as in, the uh, it's like going the other way where like I remember like so long ago a mage in WoW, you would get killed in like five hits by a mob but the worst strategy that like total biscuit was doing on youtube where like you kite around a rock and you do your blizzard as you walk and stuff like that because you're glass cannon and it's kind of like Mm -hmm. bringing back those old mmo vibes that you really need to be careful because you can get destroyed unless you're like Chibi Bree and Viertek and you get bugged pants and you get 8,000 HP. Yes, sure. They <laughs> <laughs> did. That's okay. But like, yeah, it seems like it's kind of a lot more difficult, a lot more challenging than other MMOs that you need to be kind of careful during your fights. Yeah, I would agree with that. It definitely is okay. not. It's not. It's not in the direction of it being easy peasy you you have a sense of earning things like clearly you're not leveling quickly which i mean as it currently stands that's the game plan anyway don't want you getting to max that, level super that makes fast. me happy i'm so happy about yeah. it if it takes me two months to get to max level i'm gonna be happy depends on how you care. play i think it'll based as on yeah it's yeah. fun as yeah. long as it's fun and as long as i'm not missing out on stuff and as long as i'm not mm-hmm. like completely forgotten by everyone uh, when i reach max level because everyone's at end game and like <laughs> i can't do anything as long as i can mm. still like do dungeons and battlegrounds and stuff and there's still a lot of activity i'm fine kind of goes back to one of our old uh dis- discussions yeah it does where um I'm still on the I'm still on the fence about it if i like this or not because i'm concerned about the marketing profitability of mm. ashes if they go too far into that realm yeah. of isolating newer players that way so yeah that's where i'm at yeah the fine the, it's a fine line man you know sitting in the middle I, I think there's a lot of games where it's like sometimes either super hardcore or it's just super casual super easy and mm. it's there's nothing wrong with the game being like that i think with an mmo though you've got to find the right balance and that right balance, that quote unquote right balance is not, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be different for every game. Like the culture of the game, the, the, the plans for the game. And this isn't something that's really out there. There's not, yeah. there's not a game with the node system like Ashes of Creation is going to develop. That's going to have all of these layers that Ashes is planning to, to have built into it. And so, man, it's, it's a lot on the table for them to make decisions around and with that being said, seems like a great place to wind this one down. Uh, and we didn't even touch on a, a number of things uh, related. But I, I think, you know, looking <laughs> at the casual and the hardcore, like that that balance in between, like I, 
you know, you've got so many layers to that. You look at loot systems, right? You look at uh, group composition. You've got dungeon and raid difficulties. You've got the rewards for the player experience, not just quest, but raiding dungeons. Uh, you've also got like uh, for the artisan system, the professions. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of layers to all of this. And and I and I kind of I get the risk versus reward situation and, and scenario and that mentality. Uh, but, you know, it's something I go back to. Like I uh, it's a way of the past for me to play a game where I feel like I'm logging in and I have to do this job of grinding three hours a day out just to break even. Nothing about that feels like a reward. It feels like a relief. Once and, you're done and you go to bed and you're like, <laughs> I got to do it all over anything. Good yeah. night. And you haven't progressed in anything. Yeah. And it's, Pretty much. Yeah. It works for some people, but some, you know, the majority of people don't have that. You know, you got to find the people that do have the time to dedicate to grind and setting limits for them on how much they can. So they're not at this ridiculous level where you've got people running around in Archage Unchained right now who can sit there all day long grinding out gear or grinding out this currency to dump into their gear. And then they dump it into their gear. And this new guy who's the same level as them comes along and they go PvP and this dude one shots him because he could grind out a currency from a mob and dump into his gear of gold. Like, yeah, this is this is, this is turning into a South Park episode real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so where do, you, where do you draw the line? The floor, being like having all your power drinks on the right side, and having Doritos <laughs> on your T-shirt, and you're just playing like this. And, uh, yep. and you're bullying kids. Gosh, there you go, uh, Mister's doing it. <laughs> so where is next week's conversation going to take us? We've got a South lot Park. of things on. The, not the South Park because I can't stand the show. <laughs> <laughs> we shall grind for 24 hours straight and we shall be powerful. <laughs> uh, so, I need a rain check. A rain check? <laughs> oh, well. You're just not hardcore enough, Mackie. Just, uh, I'll just OFG. To... I'll get into cues in two seconds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll be geared no for LFG. LFG. Before, not... <laughs> before I let Sim continue, and I Sorry. think you could be happy about that because there's <laughs> not going to be <laughs> any, any risk of copyright strike. Everyone, oh. remember that this stream is sponsored by Looking for More, the Gamers Podcast, your yeah. podcast covering MMORPG <laughs> and all things gaming produced okay, by that was Simmer. Good. Oh, <laughs> what a champion! What a wait! Did you plan that? Yeah, dude. Dude, that is dude. That is fantastic. Yo, you need an award. Actually, it just kind of nullifies the other stuff. But yeah, I, exactly. I don't I'm know, man. I think it. I think it like nullifies <laughs> the other stuff, and then a little bit more. That was beautiful. <laughs> One level up. <laughs> yeah, which is definitely our. Uh, that is our Thursday podcast right here, talking about like you said, the gamers podcast, all stuff and things, all different games. Um, I, I, I don't know what direction we're going next week, but if you want to help kind of decide that direction, make sure to leave a comment, join our Discord, the Crusade Discord here for the show and, and all the other stuff and things that are being produced on the channel. Be sure to chime in. Here's some thoughts. Here's things I'd like to kind of like maybe you guys can talk about on the next show. Um, I was already at this point. It's what to choose to talk about, not do we have anything to talk about. Um, 
And, and with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and let my my guests do their shout outs, let you know their domains, <laughs> where they reign and where you can find them. So we'll start with Faisal. Faisal, shit. You can find me on the floor. <laughs> yes, always. And um, you just got, you just need to come by and chill with me from time to time. <laughs> Those are, is that where you're going to tell people? Okay, so go find him on the stuff and things. Mackie? <laughs> I'm Makinoji. You can find me on YouTube, uh, Ashes Forums, uh, same name. And Pacha? Hey, guys. You can find me on Twitter at TVPacha or on Mixer.com. As at, uh, it's a Pacha TV and Mixer.com. You don't need to create an account. It's your Microsoft account if you want to join and check me out and chat every Sunday from noon to four. Uh, I'll see you there, or you can find me. Uh, it's just Pasha on Discord, either on the Ashes Creation uh, Discord or on Sims uh, Sims Discord server. I'm there. You can find me there and tag me if you want to chat. There you go. And Wondering Mist. You can find me on my YouTube channel. I put up weekly uh, content, um, MMORPG related content and discussions. Uh, Wandering Mist is the tag there, and I'm also active on the Ashes official Discord, the Ashes official forums. And Sims Discord server, I am there as well. Yes, and uh, everybody, it has been an absolute pleasure as always. Really appreciate everybody for spending their time here with us. We will be catching up next week talking about more stuff and things related to Ashes of Creation. If you are interested in the podcast, you can catch us on Thursday looking for more. Otherwise, catch this one here live on Sundays, both at 5 p.m. CDT. Don't forget to go and follow the Twitter for this show, at Ashes Pathfinder. Uh, feel free to leave comments uh, each week on the post you find on the uh, on the Reddit like I did this week. Um, also, you can leave comments on the video. And uh, if you want to join us live, you can join us here every Sunday. Friends, it's been fantastic. Have a great rest of your evenings. We will catch you. On all the stuff and things in the meantime, have a great week. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye.